want to welcome you all to the 2022 Relays Health and Fitness Expo. Uh, excited for you guys to join us in this intimate setting of a live recording of these gentlemen's podcast. Uh, so without any further ado, I want to introduce uh, Isaac Bastin. Uh, he is a Drake student athlete, recently finishing fifth in the NCAA Indoor Mile. In the middle, four-time NCAA champion at the University of Wisconsin. Last year, set the Drake Relays record for the men's 5,000. Uh, Morgan McDonald, and to the right, uh, another outstanding Drake Miler, Adam Fogg, who was fourth at the 2021 NCAA Indoor Championship. So with that, look forward to hearing you guys uh, chat about running and provide some advice to beginning runners. Sweet. Sweet. Thank, Thank you, Lake. Cool. Um, as you can probably tell, is there something wrong with this mic now? It might be Isaac. Hello. Just get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right. As you guys can tell, we, uh, we've never used a setup like this before. This is a very new experience for us. We, uh, we all actually, well, these two have their own podcasts. I have my own podcast as well with two of my friends. They were in Boulder two weeks ago. We had a little collaboration, and here we are again to, for round two, I suppose. But yeah, we're going to roll through. It's going to be very casual, I think, very conversational. Uh, and with that said, if there are any questions at any point, please raise your hand and ask away because we do want it to be very interactive and fun. Uh, the kind of the schedule for it, I suppose, will be, will be we'll do a little bit of like an intro on ourselves and a bit of our stories. And then we'll get more into kind of stuff about like racing the mile because I think that's that's going to be a big thing for this episode is like especially for beginner runners or even even more experienced runners is racing the mile, training for the mile. Uh, these two boys are... You know, these are the two best milers that Drake has ever had, so it makes sense to talk about that. And yeah, I think we'll also obviously be just talking about Drake relays in general and this kind of whole. You know, it's it's. I think I've, I I feel pretty strongly about this sport and ways to make it better. And I think events like Drake relays do a really good job. Um, I don't want to get into a big round right now, but I think what's really important is the experience from you know the level of the track meet up. And so by that, I mean for the fans actually at a track meet or at an event, being able to actually enjoy it because it's kind of a shame. I have been a fan of the sport for a long time and I go to a lot of really boring track meets, like really boring. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, if I'm a massive, if I'm very invested and a massive fan of the sport and I find it hard to enjoy a track meet, well, clearly something is wrong there. And so personally, when I think about that, I look at ways to make it better and I think something like this where you have you know these are participation events you have especially with drake because of the town you know puts on all this cool stuff around it just ways to draw excitement with the track meet at the middle of that i think is is by, like that's the way to go i think um sorry but i didn't mean to get into that now but <laughs> it just happened so if you don't know who i am my name is morgan mcdonald as blake said i i don't have much of an accent anymore but i'm actually from australia but I came over to America in 2014 and I ran at the University of Wisconsin for five years. I had some ups and downs there. Uh, lucky enough in my final year, I got my uh, got it all together and I won a few NCAA titles. And then I was able to be lucky enough to go professional. I signed with Under Armour. I ran with them for, I wanna say two years. Obviously it was a weird time because I finished in 2019 and then a year later, all the COVID stuff. So it was, it was a weird time. Uh, after being with Under Armour for a couple of years, I changed to uh, a brand called On Running, which you might have heard of. It's a kind of up-and-coming Swiss brand. And we have a team called the On Athletics Club, which is based in Boulder, which is where I live now. Uh, as a pro, 
you know, there's definitely been, it's been hard. It, it's, it's been pretty tough, but I did manage to make the Olympics last year. So that's probably my biggest achievement, I would say. And another big one was coming back to Drake last year. I raced it once in 2017 as a college kid. I did the four by mile. You guys racing the four by mile? Distance medley. Yeah, DMR. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So we did the we did the four by mile in 2017 with Wisconsin. It was really fun. Uh, I came second. I got my butt kicked by Josh Thompson, Oklahoma State, which which kind of sucked. But it was a great race. Relays are always so fun. Uh, and then I got to come back last year, which is really cool because it was that was in that time where it was coming back from COVID and the seasons were weird. And this was a really cool race, the 5K last year. I managed to win break the record and it was just a very fun that was my season opener I think for outdoors and it was fun uh Blake was giving me the stats yesterday I think maybe six or seven people went over went under the previous meet record you guys probably saw it like Nico Young I believe set the under 20 American record there so it was it was a very cool race to be a part of and now I'm lucky enough to be back here but enough about me uh, I think these are the two Drake boys I don't know how we want to do this do you want to give a little intro on yourselves and and where you're at I, I'll just say I'll just because it's hard to talk about yourself sometimes I'll say I remember when I, I went for a run with these guys like three weeks ago when they were in Boulder I was like what was the school record of Drake in the mile before you guys came because these yeah. guys you probably saw they made uh, both of them were at NCAAs in the indoor mile and if you're following the NCAA right now it's just a, it's a whole new level so if you're even qualifying for NCAAs it means you're an absolutely amazing athlete and Drake I mean, there's been some really good athletes to come through Drake, but Drake is, isn't typically, you know, a school that has people in that indoor mile at NCAAs like every year. So these boys have uh, <laughs> have come along and really have been pushing, uh, yeah, doing stuff that's literally never been done here before. So it's really cool to see. But uh, maybe Bastin, you want to go first and just give a little backstory on yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm from a small town in Minnesota called Buffalo. It's like 30 minutes west of Minneapolis. But I've been kind of like into the running scene now since like, my sophomore year of high school I'd say that's like right when I got into it and really that was for me that was just like quitting all the outside sports besides running and like really just focusing on it and giving it a try and I would say in high school that definitely paid dividends like I was good in high school I wouldn't say I was like outstanding in high school but I did win a state title my senior year which is awesome and then coming to Drake like my freshman year I feel like I really just hit a skid like I wasn't really getting that much better and it was kind of just frustrating because I feel like I was putting in a lot of work, having like really, really good workouts, but like the workouts weren't necessarily like showing in races. And like, I feel like all runners deal with this at like a certain point in time, but that was really bothering me. And it took me kind of a full year to like get over that. to like finally like have my workouts translate into races. And then I would say when that happened was probably Drake Relays outdoor last year when I... I was a 347, 1500 guy and a 415 miler. And I decided I wanted to be 343. So that got me like into like the legit conversation. And like, that was like my regional qualifying time, which was awesome. And then ever since then, I feel like the workouts have been getting better. And then the workouts have really been translating into races, which is like, that's a really, that's a really big deal. And like, that means like finally the work's paying off. And so that's kind of like my story. And I mean, I, placed 12th in the outdoor mile last year and then I made indoor this year and placed fifth in a really tactical race like I lost by 0.2 seconds to the guy that won so that was a crazy race I've learned a lot from it and I've learned a lot about tactical racing and just racing in general from that but there's obviously so much more to come and so many more Drake relays to experience so yeah that's the 
the first major part of my story. Take it away, Fog. Yeah, funny <laughs> you say that. Uh, this is me and Bastin's third year at Drake, and this is only going to be our first proper relays experience. So, um, yeah, it's kind of flown by. We both came over in the fall 2019. Um, Miller in the crowd, he was on the team at the time. Uh, he graduated last year. But, um, yeah, for me, similar to Morgan, I grew up in Australia. Um, running in the NCAA is something that is very appealing, I think. Um, going through high school, almost like wherever you are in the world, like you, you see what's going on in the NCAA. Um, and, you know, I, I thought it would be a great place to be to kind of continue my, my running journey, essentially. Um, coming out of high school, I hadn't really run quick enough to, to make that happen. Um, so I started university in Australia. Um, and then, you know, I started running a little bit quicker um, early in 2019 and late 2018, um, which kind of opened up the opportunity to come over to America. Um, and yeah, over over I came to, to Drake. Um, and yeah, it's kind of been a a really good experience, a bit of a weird one because of Corona. Um, I was back in Australia like all of 2020, but um, yeah, no. Overall, it's been a it's been a great time. Um, Bastin and I and the rest of the boys at Drake have gelled pretty well, I think. And um, you know, the training we've done over the last few years and the races we've been able to put together um, under our head coach now, Jay Colosseus. Um, yeah, it's all been really good. So heading into relays, uh, we're both in the 1500. I don't know if there is a, is there a four by mile as well? We're, I think there is, okay. yeah. 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 We're, we're running the distance medley relay. So um, we are in the 1500 on Friday night, the college one, and then running the distance medley relay on Saturday. So yep. yeah, um, looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait to experience the proper relays, I guess. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so that's that's the story so far, which these boys both started in 2019, which is a very hard time to start as a college athlete. I was very lucky that I graduated before all this stuff happened and all the seasons got skipped. It's a really weird time now, but uh, they've obviously come out on the other side and they've made massive improvements and they're, they're crashing now. What are, you, what are you guys' mile times? So I'm 356.6. Yeah, I'm 356.1. One? One? Yeah, <laughs> one. I should know that. Yeah, <laughs> you should know that. It's so, yeah, this is just, it's just wild to think that it's, and that's like, it's very, it's it's impressive, but it's, uh, you know, there's just so many great milers right now and you guys are just chopping it up with them and it's awesome to see, but the standard is just so high now. But I think we're going to get more into talking about the mile in general because um, hopefully some, a lot of people listening to this are racing the road mile. Have you guys e ever done a road mile? No. Road miles are fun. I, They're really I hard. don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, Bustin? No, I've done a lot of road 5Ks, but yeah, never the mile. Yeah. So it's it's obviously different to racing on the track, but at the end of the day, it's the same distance. So it's not that difference. Different, sorry. So if you guys, this is a very basic question just to get the discussion going. How would you guys say that you like to train as a miler? Because there are obviously a lot of different ways to go about it. Yeah, I can touch on this briefly. Um. I think before coming to America, um, I was very speed focused. And I think Morgan, you can probably agree with this. Like in Australia, everyone's kind of very speed focused. And you know, yeah. you're doing a few pretty hard workouts a week, fairly low mileage, um, just 
kind of running hard all the time, but not running that much. Um, so coming over to America, I never really ran more than about 50 miles a week, but I was doing like three pretty fast track workouts a week, basically, um, with the group I was in in Australia. Um, and then coming over to America, I think just America in general and the college system are so much like it's so much more kind of strength focused. You're doing higher mileage. You're doing generally two workouts a week instead of three. Um, and with them, especially with us at Drake, we're doing things like cruise interval 800s like almost year round um just longer stuff um kind of building that aerobic base getting the strength work in um and i think i've gone from really loving just training like a miler all the time in in a kind of speed focused way to really enjoying like the longer stuff and i think you feel the difference from running a few more miles at least over the fall and winter, um, you feel a bit stronger and then you can kind of get into that speed stuff come track season, which is kind of what we've been getting into over the last kind of few weeks and months. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been working pretty well. <laughs> I'd say so. But like you say, like the NCAA is crazy because yeah. I, I was the last one in um, to indoor nationals with 356.6. And last year I qualified with 359.03. And I was second last in. Came fourth last year. Um, last one in this year and didn't come fourth. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah. That's no. the way she goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, obviously you guys train together, so now your training is the same. But did you do you feel like you had a similar, uh, you know, kind of transition where you found that moving towards a more strength-based training has really paid off for specifically the mile? Yeah, I would say like the same stuff benefited me for sure. But like, even though we're both milers, we're really different runners. Like you're more, you're more of a strength oriented runner in general. Like he likes to get out and then he likes to just burn the field and beat everybody before the last lap. And I'm the exact opposite. I like to, I like to hang in the back until the very end and then see what my sprint speed can do. And like, really, that's kind of the biggest thing for racing the mile it's just you got to figure out what works for you and there's different things that work for everybody but i would say like when it came to training i was never a strength oriented guy like i'd always had the natural foot speed but when it came to strength like i couldn't seem to hold the pace for the first 1200 that could get me like into the races in a competitive spot so really like it was just about building my base up and like getting stronger whether that's through gym through mileage or through like distance oriented workouts to get myself to the point where like, okay, now that we have a lap to go in the race, instead of finding myself like six seconds back from the lead, I'm only like two seconds back from the lead. And like, I can work with that. Whereas like, if you're six seconds back from the lead, no matter how hard your close is, it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. What, what is your guys' weekly mileage at? Um, so over summer, I, w I got up to about 100 um, for two months straight pretty much. Um, I think Bastin was fairly similar. We were running pretty high mileage, just like, I know Bastin, you can probably touch more on this, but I think you you just jog around, like you don't really, you, you try and avoid working out over the summer. Um, <laughs> I was going I was going pretty hard, um, not, not with like a lot of quick stuff, but just like getting in some good kind of long workouts um, and doing, yeah, up to about a hundred miles a week. And then um, through the fall, it was probably, 80 90 during cross-country season um 
kind of varying and dropping down a little bit if we had races and stuff like that. Um, and now that we're into track, is yeah, come down a little bit more, 70-ish as an average, um, 110-ish K um, in the metric system for anyone who might use it. Probably probably no one in here, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. Did you say you're fairly similar? Yeah, yeah. During during the off season, it's it's good to like build up that high base just so that like a if you get injured when you come back to campus, your base will hold your fitness through. So even if you're not running for a couple of days, you're still going to be fit because you've been doing so much. And then also it's just so that when you drop your mileage coming for races, when you like taper down, your legs are going to start to feel really really good. So yeah, I working out, doing workouts during the summer just seemed to like burn my legs out. So I kind of just stopped doing it. Cause again, it's just about like finding what works for you. And so I was doing like 95 ish miles a week, but never really working out. And then come cross country season, I would drop down to like 85 really. And then during track, we don't really do that crazy mileage during the track season, at least during the racing track season. Like we probably sit around like 65 ish yeah. during yeah. most of the track season, but we're doing a lot more speed work. And then like we're using that base still from the summer just to like carry our legs through when it comes to fitness during the track season. Yeah. For, for contrast, what does your kind of mileage look like as a 5k kind of guy? You know, it's very similar. I, I think is we've kind of touched on it a bit, but a lot of the, a lot of the milers do train very strength orientated. And so if I was racing the mile compared to the 5k, it's, it's not very different. I'm yeah. ideally also running about a hundred miles a week and probably maintaining it a bit more through the winter and the track season than maybe you guys are but yeah. honestly it's it's pretty similar and i think you can look at the sport and look at the progression of times and there's a lot of different factors the shoes or whatever but i think a big one has also just been the training i think everyone's training just really really hard really seriously and but also at the same time really smart i think if you look at all the guys that are, you know, that top 25 in the country in the mile, I would, I would imagine that m almost all of them are strength-based because yeah. you guys would know that, yeah, you can get a mile that's 800, 1500 guy or 1500, 5k guy. And I mean, whether, you know, I think in, in general, it's kind of just moving towards people being more strength-based. And uh, I don't know what the exact reason for that is, but I do know that the kids that you guys are racing against these days are very professional in the way that they train and the way that they operate and they're training very hard and running high mileage and i think you're seeing the the success payoff uh and the payoff of that question so how do you define uh, uh strength-based training yeah so the the question was how do you define strength-based training and it is a good question because we throw around words like strength and speed and they only really make sense in the context of the running world because if you went to a, a random person and you said, I do strength training, they're probably thinking you're going to the gym and lifting weights. Yeah. <laughs> but to us, I'll speak for myself first. When I think of strength training, I think of high mileage, tempos, longer intervals, and a, a lot of threshold work in general. So anything that is more designed towards improving the aerobic capacity as opposed to speed training which is is you know kind of the other it's it's weird to say strength and speed on different ends of the spectrum because it's definitely not that simple but in the way that we're using those words i think that's that's a definitely like a more simplistic easier way to look at it so that's what i would say when we talk about strength training yeah 
pretty similar. So just for, for an example, like when I was in Australia growing up, the group I was with, um, we were kind of more speed focused. And with that, we would hardly do easy runs. Um, I was running anywhere from 30 to 50 miles a week, um, just like doing a lot of fast track stuff short reps stuff like that and then here in america in a more kind of strength based approach um it's a lot more longer stuff longer tempos especially in the fall um mile reps longer like 800 reps but doing a lot of them to just really build that aerobic base um yeah so i i think both approaches can work but i i do agree that now probably more people are strength strength focused um and I, I think that that's probably changed, like you were saying. Um, I feel like I've looked at some workouts from kind of, I don't know, like the 1980s or something where there was there was like a trio from England, uh, Cram, Co and Ovette. They were three milers from England and stuff they would be doing would just be running so fast a lot. Probably pretty high mileage as well, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring them up as an example because obviously it worked really well for them as well because they yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were, what did Cram run like three twenty nine yeah so it definitely does work for different stuff does work but I I would say that in general this strength is the safer approach I think that's going to suit more athletes compared to the speed because I think I think it takes a certain type of athlete to be the type of athlete that responds to the specifically the speed stuff I think myself for example i could go out and i could work on my speed and i could improve my 400 time but i don't think that would translate to me running a quicker mile and certainly probably not a quicker 5k whereas i think if you were to take the opposite viewpoint and you were trying to improve a bunch of athletes 10k times or their ability to threshold that would probably translate to more success in the mile, I would say. So I think it's just a safer approach, and yeah. there's just more room for. It's there's almost it's almost easier to do. In if you take a college team, you can have a lot of kids running 100 miles a week, and it, it it's we talk about running 100 miles a week pretty casually. It's not an easy thing to do. A lot of people will get injured. Uh, we've probably all had injuries before, but I still think if you take a college team and you train in that way, you're going to have a decent amount of kids that will have a lot of success and they'll get improve a lot and get stronger. Whereas the speed stuff is, is just, it's, it also can lead to injuries, but it's just a lot harder to get it right. And it's, it's, it's almost a lot more complicated, I would say. So yeah, yeah that's kind of my viewpoints on that. Yeah. I think as well, just one more thing with um, the strength based approach, I feel like for, for us right now is 1500 runners. Um, having that strength-based approach and getting some good mileage in kind of over the years as we're kind of developing as runners, it kind of opens the door for moving up to things like the 5K. I don't know if, if you ever plan on that, Baston, but like for, for me, like in the future, I definitely see myself moving up to um, the 5, maybe, maybe at some point the 10. And then, I mean, if you get a good few years of mileage under your belt, who knows, like maybe get onto the roads as well like in a, yeah yeah i mean who knows like um maybe one day maybe not <laughs> not for a while but um it definitely does kind of allow for that and just having that fitness um yeah means that you can 
look at moving up in distance over the years. Yeah. yeah. I feel like most runners do move up at some point because speed seems to be like a short-term thing. Like you have that natural speed like from when you're 18 to like when you're 23, 24. And then after that, it's like, all right, everyone moves up an event now. Yeah. Because the strength and the mileage they've done for those years and like the bases they built every summer for seven straight years, like you can use those to move up an event. And then your speed goes from a below average kick to now I have some of the best speed in the field. So yeah, most runners move up at some point, but yeah. And it's due to that strength training that they get from the beginning. When yeah. will you be doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to be one of those guys, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Are you racing the 800 this season? Yeah. Yep. I, I think I'm going to run one at conference. Oh, nice. nice. I think I'm convincing Jay. Don't quote me on that, but I've been working hard on it. So we'll see if he says yes. That'll be fun. And I think I'm running the five at conference, wow. not the 15. So both of us, 1500 runners, probably neither of us in the 15, potentially. That's, I'm so jealous of 1500 meter runners because they can do that. As a 5K guy, you go race the 5K, I don't know, four times, five times a year, probably more than that. But these 1500 guys, they race so much. How much did you race during indoors? <laughs> I, ran, I ran 10 miles during indoor season. And how long is indoor season? Like... Two, Eight, two nine months? Weeks? Yeah, two months. Two yeah. months. Isn't that ridiculous? And they and it, I wish I could do that because you know <laughs> racing <laughs> racing is where it's at. But yeah, that that was kind of funny though because like Jay would have had us run three miles indoor, get a national qualifier, run a national prelim, run a national final. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Jay, our coach, is pretty against like going to the well. He calls it. Um, and so Baston Racing. 10 miles kind of goes quite <laughs> against uh the going to the well thing um but it kind of seemed like we had to do that in the end i don't know how many i ran but i was quite a few in the end yeah. um and it was like i ran 356.6 in january and when i did that it was like ncaa number five i think top 16 qualify and it was like that's the qualifier out the way and then as the week started going by i got passed by eight guys in one race from from a meet in Nashville. That was nuts. And it was like, oh God, like we're gonna have to go to another meet. So we went to Arkansas, Baston ran 356-1, I ran a 3.57, so it was like, we gotta go again. <laughs> so so Baston paced me at conference. Um, yeah, it, it just ended up being a bit of a bit of a lengthy, hard indoor season, running a lot of mile races. And in the end, I got in with the original time that I ran, but it didn't seem like it would. I got, yeah, pretty lucky. But it's really tough. Nice. It, it's so stressful, the whole qualifying process for indoors. Outdoors is a little bit nicer. You don't have to run as quick of a time and you get to go race at regionals to qualify, which at the end of the day, I think we all just really enjoy racing rather than running times like that. So I think that's a better way to do it. One, one more question about training in the mile. Do you guys have a specific workout which you like to do during the season at a certain point, maybe near a race? which is the workout that's like, all right, we want to try crush this one. And if we do that, we know we're ready to go race. Yeah. Uh, lately we've been doing these, these workouts beforehand where we do 500 and then a 300 where we get a really short break in between the 500 and the 300. And then we get a long break after that 300. So we treat them as like sets and we'll do like three sets of that 500, 300. 
and we'll try to run that like just quicker than our mile pace or like at our mile pace just so that we get our bodies used to like running with that lactic in our legs because when you're running like the last 200 of that 300 after like no rest and after the 500 man it just it hurts really bad but it's like that exact same pain that you get when you have one lap left in the mile and so it really just teaches your body to run through that lactic and then i think that's really beneficial for us yeah yeah for sure i i agree um and i think that that workout specifically is definitely a good one but i feel like leading into a race if we're you know jay loves keeping a little bit of tempo stuff in there and i feel like the culmination of kind of weeks like stacking good weeks together and keeping all the workouts kind of fairly consistent um just mentally gives you a bit of confidence that you're you're fit and ready to go um yeah another one we we do similar to that is like a going into a mile race is something like 600 one to two minute break depending on how generous jay's feeling 400 and then the same break and then a 200 so it's kind of like broken 1200s um those those 500 300s kind of like broken 800s you're running a hard 500 really short break and then a hard 300 um these 642s are basically the same thing just like um different very slightly different distances i guess um so yeah sometimes before a race we'll do two by 600 400 200 and then sometimes another 400 200 um just like running running pretty quick like trying to go a little bit quicker than mile pace um and if you can get through that you know you're running a mile and a half um obviously with breaks but at your mile pace or quicker um and i feel like that that's a really good kind of indicator of where you're at for for a mile race um yeah yeah there's definitely some nice confidence booster ones if you can crush those yeah but i think we'll briefly talk about tactics for racing the mile and then we'll get in some more q a to finish off so think about some questions if you guys can but i don't know if you guys have seen these two boys race a mile before bastion was kind of mentioning it before but they have polar opposite tactics the fog dog he likes to go to the front and lead the charge he's not afraid of a, a quicker early pace and bastion is the complete opposite he likes to it's very exciting but probably very nerve-wracking for most people to watch you race because he likes to go to the back and i think you always like to just have the quickest last lap and see how many people you can pass which is yeah a fun way to do it but <laughs> if you were more generally to try to break down your tactics or how you mentally approach racing the mile before the race how would you how would you guys explain your kind of different approaches to it yeah mine's kind of weird so if if you don't really back like your late end speed just completely ignore everything i'm saying but um, <laughs> I, I like to i like to obviously get to the back of the pack for the first three laps on an outdoor track anyway because my mindset is i just have to get as close as i can to the front while using as little energy as possible and so like generally that means i'm not going very close to the front at all but um yeah, it's, it's really just about saving my energy for my last kick because I know that if like if no one breaks me for that first 1100, I'm going to be able to close the fastest in any field. At least if that's not true, I trick myself into thinking it's true. And and then I really just go for it with one lap to go and see how many guys I can pass. And it lately it's been like working for me, I guess. Like I've been getting I've been making nationals that I've been getting like in the middle of the pack at nationals. But like now I'm kind of like trying to switch my mindset into thinking, man, if I can not be at the back and now 
be in the middle of the pack and then try to unleash that same kick with 400 to go, then I'm going to be able to start winning these big meets. So that's something that if you watch Drake Relays, that's something that I'm going to try to do at Drake Relays. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think it's really just about like me putting myself in a comfortable position where I know I haven't burned that kick and then being able to use it. So yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I um have a bit of a different approach just because, I mean, I, I feel like I've got decent closing speed, but um, it's definitely not quite on the level of someone like Bastin. If if he's anywhere near you with 200 to go, you're probably going to be seeing the back of him come the finish line. But um, yeah, for for me, like uh, in in a mile race, say if there's a pacemaker, which quite a lot of the miles and 1500s we we do have a pacemaker who goes out the front and kind of sets the pace, um, so that you know the the actual leader of the race is kind of tucked in behind and they're not working as hard to bring the field through. Um, if there is a pacemaker, I like to generally get in either right behind the pacemaker or, you know, one or two spots back, um, depending on the race, obviously. Um, but I'll try and kind of keep it fairly honest and just kind of keep it moving so that it doesn't come down to a kick um, as much as I can. Um, and yeah, I mean, sometimes it pays off. Other times I end up like pretty, pretty tired come the last lap, but um, it's kind of with, uh, with my ability as a runner, I feel like that's kind of the best option for me to kind of make it a quick race um, instead of having a fairly slow tactical race and then making it a burn up over the last few hundred. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the other question I want to ask, similar to that, because that's a little bit more the physical side of it. How do you mentally, you know, break down a race? Because I don't, I, I, I haven't raced as many miles, but I can tell you for the 5K for me, for example, I think it's always really important for me to break it into a couple of parts. So the 5K, I always look at it as 3K. And the 5K, I think, is the most painful event. I don't know if you guys might disagree with me. I think it, I think it hurts so bad. But so this is what I do mentally to try ease, ease the pain or at least get through it, I guess, because you're not going to be able to ease it. You want to lean into it. But the 3K, I try be through 3K, I try to be as relaxed as possible. And then the 4K, I know it's going to suck so bad and you have to push through it. And then I get to the last K and you're just putting it all in. You're just all out in that in that last K. So... That's that's how I like to mentally break down the the 5K. I'm definitely counting those laps to get the 3K as relaxed as possible, and then you know really embracing the pain from that point onwards. Do you guys have similar tactics in a mile race? Yeah, reasonably. Um, I honestly try not to think about it like too much. And I, in a mile or a 1500, I feel like it goes by so quickly. You haven't you haven't got as much time to think really and think about the pain uh i did one 3k indoor and that was so painful like yeah. that <laughs> it was just under eight minutes and it like was the longest eight minutes of my life but um yeah for a, for a mile or a 1500 i feel like the first lap is always kind of a blur you're trying to get out hard get into a good spot um whether that's so somewhere near the front or right at the back um you you want to find yourself in a decent spot where you're comfortable um you go through 
400 in a 1500 say and then I feel like for for literally the next lap so for from 400 to 800 that's kind of where I feel like the main part of the race is for me like you get through that and then I think of it as literally a 300 rep and you're on the belt lap so um I guess there's probably loads of different ways of thinking about it but it's kind of yeah settle in that first lap stay focused and stay switched on the second lap um and then once you're 800 in in a 1500 you have a 300 rep essentially and you're on the you're on the bell lap so and then come that bell lap you gotta just try and try and do as well as you can close as hard as you can and yeah place as high up as you can yeah I think um I think the one like advantage I have of like going out in the back is I get to see everything and like I like to be looking at what's happening in front of me because I feel like that's probably the biggest advantage you have of being in the back. And so like right when I get out, I'm looking for right away if the race is strung out and by strung out I mean like if like the first guys behind or the second guys behind the first guy, third guys behind the second guy, like if everyone's kind of running in a line or if everybody's kind of running in like a big box group. And then I'm like right behind that because if people are running in a group then you can kind of assume it's probably going to be a slower tactical race and you're probably going to have to make your move a little bit earlier in order to beat everyone because then everyone's going to have that kick. But then if it's a string, the one thing to look out for is sometimes divides happen in the string. So like a group of five might break away from the second group of like five. And then you got to make sure that if that's going to happen, I got to find a way to get myself from last to the back of that string of five. So it's kind of just like looking, seeing what's happening and like saying, all right, like if I use a move right now, is it going to be worth it? Or if I wait a lap, do I think that this group is still going to all be together? So yeah, it's kind of just like thinking on your toes and really just like hoping you guess correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's funny because it, it is, uh, one thing you said is you, you, you have to make the move to cover those gaps that open up, but you only have so many moves to use. So you, it is, yeah. it is an interesting game that you play, not, not wanting to waste those moves, but yeah, definitely some cool different, different tactics here. I think, you know, that's maybe it for now for talking about the mile and stuff. Do we have any questions out there? So when you were talking about the 500, 300 workout, so what kind of rest between the, the 500 and the 300 and then the uh, break in yeah, that's a good question. What he asked was about the 500, 300 reps, like how much rest is going in between between each rep and between each set. And um, it varies a tiny bit, but I would say that in general, you're going to get in between 30 seconds and 90 seconds in between the 500 and the 300. So a really short break. And then after that 300, you're going to treat that as a set and get like a long, like five to six minute break. So like in between that 500 and 300, you're kind of just like getting your body ready for more pain or just like catching your breath really quickly. And then after that 300 is where you're like, okay, that was a set. Now I'm going to chill for a minute. So yeah. It's pretty nerve wracking. Like we, uh, we did a workout yesterday where we did a bit of this kind of stuff. We started off with a 4K tempo um, on the track, just running around like at a solid pace, like just tempo kind of. I don't know, what is it, half marathon pace maybe? It was like something like that. 450 per mile, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we did 4K at that, and then we had a long recovery, spiked up, 
Um, so we put our spikes on and then we did two sets of 500, 300 with one minute in between the five and three and like five, yeah, between yeah. sets. We had Aziz, one of our teammates, lead us through 400 and man, just like the, <laughs> before the 500s, it's kind of everyone's walking around, it's all quiet, you know what you're in for, it's going to be a minute and 10 seconds of like pretty pretty bad pain um but as soon as you start you literally run a hundred down the down the back straight and then you have a lap to go and it goes by pretty quickly um so Aziz took us through 400 both times and then we kind of shared the shared the 300s between us so yeah it, yeah it's it a funny good one to though. like a hundred in like it's like we we're a hundred meters into that workout yesterday to that first 500 and i was like man we're going way too fast <laughs> yeah like you yeah. I mean, for someone who's like as young as Aziz and who runs the steeplechase, like yeah. he doesn't really know what like 57 seconds per 400 means. Yeah. So like when we got to the hundred, I was like, man, we're going to run like 54. This is <laughs> yeah. <be> bad. <laughs> we went through in 55 in the end. He put the brakes on and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think Jay wanted 57, but yeah, ended up going through in 55 and running like 109 for that first 500 and then and then it settled yeah. down a bit for the for the second one um yep. but yeah no it's a good one because i feel like doing the the long stuff and even yesterday we kept a bit of that tempo stuff in running 4k at a pretty solid pace is good for getting some volume into the workout it keeps a bit of strength stuff in there but then come kind of race season i feel like it is great to just touch on that quicker than mile pace for workouts of two sets of 500 300 you're running you're running a mile at at or quicker than your race pace so it's good yeah sweet question so who's going to run the mile in the dmr <laughs> that's going to be me yeah yeah so we think i'm gonna start and run the 1200 and then baston's gonna close yeah. in the mile um and we don't know who else is in it yeah. The, the, the reason for that is because often the DMRs are like jogged for the first like 1200 of that last 1600. And so it's just yeah. like, oh, well, if it comes down to 400. Yeah. That'd be good for me. So <laughs> are you guys, we'll see. are you guys just going for the win or you're going for a quick time in the DMR? Yeah. Definitely oh. the win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't even, oh, I guess I do know kind of a bit about times now after seeing indoor, but it's not an event outdoor, is it? No. So, no. Yeah. The win, yeah. Any other questions? Uh, Morgan, can I ask what your race targets are for 2022? That is a good question. So I'm hoping to be back for the second half of the season, which means probably over racing in Europe because that's kind of where all the races are at that time of year. But yeah, I've come back from a pretty big injury. I guess the most, the biggest injury in my career. Last year, I, I sprained my ankle in February. And it was pretty bad, but I ran through it because I'm because I had to. Well, I didn't have to, but <laughs> I really wanted to make the Olympics. And uh, by the time I got to the Olympic start line, I still had a bad ankle, but I also had a stress reaction in my pelvis because probably I mean it's just a combination of the training, but obviously running through an ankle injury that was as bad as mine was. The worst thing about it was it changed my form a lot. And so I was compensating and just not running nice. So I, I ran the Olympics, didn't go very well. I took a bunch of time off. I got like a PRP injection done and, and all that. And I've just had a pretty slow comeback. It's been difficult, 
I've had some ups and downs. Uh, getting my form correct again has been really hard, actually. So I've had a, a few different things. And then I got COVID like a month ago and it actually like hit me pretty bad. So I obviously would love to be back racing as soon as possible, but health is by far the highest priority right now um, for at the moment and then also going forwards. Hopefully I can run for as long as I can and uh, I can create a good foundation for that right now. So yeah. Yep. Question for Isaac. Uh, did you have one race or one experience or one conversation that put you over that edge of finally realizing that you were going to, you know, be aggressive about this running thing and that you had it in you to move up to the next level and be one of the top dogs? That's a great question. Yeah. So he asked if, um, if I had one specific race or one time where I kind of like knew that I was going to be like at the next level or like going for it. And I would say that that happened two weeks before Drake relays, we had the small Drake hosted me called the blue oval classic and, um, fog actually paced me. I was a four twelve guy at the time. Wow. I had, yeah. yeah. I'd run like four twelve in the mile, like seven times in a row since being at Drake. So that was a bit frustrating. Yeah. You can imagine, but, <laughs> uh, fog fog agreed to pace me for a 1500 blue oval classic. And I was really just kind of hoping to, improve on what the equivalent would be the 412. So like I was hoping to run like 350s, like just like for sure solidify myself as like, hey, I've gotten better since COVID started. And um, Fog, I kind of just stuck right behind the pacer that race, which is Fog. And he took me through, was it 1100? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, at the bell and then. Yeah, he took me through 1100 at a pretty quick pace. And then I was able to close in like 61-ish or 60 and run 347, which is huge for me because 347 is like equivalent to 405, 406 in the mile. And so like that was a huge PB. And then, and then like that time would qualify me for top heats in like most races. And then, so once I ran that time, then I knew, all right, like now I'm going to be able to like tuck in the back in the, of the pack at these high quality races and just like try to hold on. And then two weeks later at Drake relays, I cut another four seconds off of that and ran 343 and then all of a sudden I went from a 412 miler to going to regionals so that was kind of just like when the transition happened like I feel like I knew it was in me for a while because I was working out at that ability I just hadn't like shown it yet and then finally like so I'd say it was a culmination of finally getting the opportunities post-covid to be able to do that and then capitalizing on those any other questions yeah I've got one uh oh go ahead Nick. oh uh, Adam, you had mentioned some of the legendary British runners growing up that you, you admire, but who are some of the other professional runners or Olympic guys, maybe more recently, that you guys have admired or maybe like tried to model? Your, you both have different styles. You say, like, I run with this guy, and so I really enjoy watching the race. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I follow running pretty seriously now, and I don't know. To be honest, like I, I don't really feel like I base my race strategies on like someone specifically. Um, I feel like it's just kind of I do it because it's what I what I feel like I have to do. Um, but I feel like uh, as runners in the running world, everyone kind of looks up to even people like Morgan when we when we went to Boulder, like running with running with people who you know are, are better than you have been at the professional level for a while. Um, and it's cool to be able to like interact with them and like 
like know Morgan pretty well now, um, stuff like that. But then obviously as well, we, we watch um, all the high level meets and see people like, I don't know, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, um, all, all the top level runners, like I guess in a, in a sense, like you look up to and you want to get to that level one day. Um, there's no one like specific who I who I think is like my idol really right now though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Yeah, when at the better you get the you, you kinda stop looking at it like that. I, I yeah. would say. But yeah. Yeah. I do Isaac, do you have any Isaac doesn't really know much about running, so <laughs> yeah. like I, from a from a he's not a big like fanboy standpoint. Do you have a yeah. favorite runner? Interesting fact, I didn't know who Morgan was until like, what? 12 months ago? Yeah, probably. Probably yeah. less. <laughs> just, we, yeah. just talk to your favorite football players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah. No, but um, I would say, like, I always loved watching Mo Farah as a kid just because I thought, like, oh, like, he does the same thing I do, sits in the back and kicks. And I was really, like, the only running I ever experienced. Like, I would just watch the Olympics every four years, and that was pretty much it. So, yeah, like, the three times I saw him race, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know we may have time for one or two, one, two, one or two more questions, but I intentionally say this maybe to be the last uh, because he doesn't want much made of this. But well, first you guys all have a career in broadcasting ahead of you. I appreciate that you've taken the questions and repeated them so your podcast listeners can catch those. So Adam, I'd like you to ask Morgan how he plans to celebrate his birthday because I appreciate that he's spending it with us. <laughs> What are you doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Big plans? Yeah. He's back to You're going to ask him. Today's his birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Morgan. Thank you. 26. 26, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah probably, probably not too much. Fly back home to Boulder for the birthday today. It's kind of crazy that I've spent this birthday and last birthday right here. Right here. Because when I raced the 5K, that was on the, the exact same date as today. So that was pretty cool. But... Yeah, I think we're going to celebrate tomorrow with uh, my teammates and all that and just have some fun. So, yeah, not, nothing too crazy, though. We're, we're pro runners, so we're pretty boring. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, any final question? No? Well, with that, thank you very much for everyone that came and, and listened to us. I hope that you guys got something out of it. Uh, this is going to be edited a little bit and uploaded online if you want to go back and look at it all. But, yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. By the way, if, if you're ever interested in like training and what we're actually doing, I think, I know me and you post on Strava pretty much everything. Baston is a little bit up and down with Strava, um, but it's all on Strava. Um, Check it out. Yeah. Thank you. Sweet. Good stuff.